Welcome to this week's episode of the Pick and Pod podcast. This is episode 12. I am Andrew Posadas, pleased to be joined by Fordham student athlete. You may know her. She's on the softball team. Our own Gigi Spear. Gigi, welcome to the Pick and Pod podcast. Is this your first? Is this your first Pick and Pod? Andrew, this is my first Pick and Pod. So happy to be here. Long time in the making. And you have come on uh, an absolutely jam-packed week. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just going to get it started. Last night, we had ourselves a game seven. And if you hear some sadness in my voice, it's Ooh. because people who know me knew I was rooting for Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers to at least get to the conference finals to meet the Lakers, have that battle of L.A. But last night, the Nuggets became the first team in NBA history, Gigi, to come back from two 3-1 deficits in the same postseason. They win last night 104-89. to Jamal Murray goes off for a 40-piece. Nikola Jokic, he messes around, has a triple-double, 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists. And for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, my guy, 14 points on just 6 of 22 shooting. And PG playing like that PG rating, 10 points, uh, a pedestrian 4 of 16. Not even pedestrian, that's just awful right there. (laughs) And, And here are the little details for you, Gigi. The Clippers were outscored. 50 to 33 in the second half when they led by two at halftime, 56 to 54. The Clippers are now 0 and 8 all time when they have an opportunity to clinch a berth in the conference finals. And Kawhi and Paul George combined for just five points in the second half on two of 18 shooting. So, Gigi, I now turn the floor over to you. What is your reaction to the demise of the Clippers as we saw them last night? Listen, I know 50 years in the making, they just wanted to make it to a conference finals, maybe make it to the finals, obviously not happening, but I know you're sad, and I think the rest of the world, including me, is just confused, too. Honestly, seeing the score, shocked. I really thought they would figure it out. I mean, Kawhi, he did it last year. He's Kawhi. A lot of people were thinking that he's the best person in the league now. Obviously, I was not thinking that. Um... (laughs) But, yeah, I thought he was going to find a way to get it together for them, but it seemed like they couldn't pick up on that, and he obviously did not have a Kawhi-level game. And when you think about it, this Clippers team, my problem with them since we've come back into the bubble is that they turn it off and turn it on quickly. They think that once they're front-running and they're up double digits that they can just coast and kind of just get to the finish line. And while that was the case against Dallas, and I think people should know, Christoph Porzingis was injured. Luka Doncic also suffered an injury during that season. He wasn't 100%. So for the Clippers, they were able to coast and get by the Mavericks in six games. Or excuse me, that went to a game seven, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, and they were able to do that against Dallas, but against a very good team in Denver. I don't think people are giving Denver enough credit. I know we're going to talk about the fact that the Clippers blew the series and they did choke a 3-1 lead. That is correct. But you got to give due to Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Coach Mike Malone. He just doesn't give up this team down 3-1 to Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz. They battle back, win three straight. Then they win three straight against the Clippers. I mean, when you think about it, this Clippers defense, Gigi, was supposed to be the real deal. That's what I was told. That's what I bought into. Doc Rivers as the coach, too? That's what I'm saying. We had Doc. We had Montrez. 
you have Pat Beverly, you have PG and Kawhi out on the wings, and, and everyone believed that this team was going to be by far the best defensive team. And that wasn't the case during the regular season. But in the bubble, this team, Jokic just was able to sw- make this defense Swiss cheese. Every time he got the ball, he was either going to hit that mid-range shot or he was kicking it out to open three-point shooters. And we just said this before we got on, but Nikola Jokic, everyone talks about Luka Doncic being the second coming of Larry Bird. But if Larry Bird was about five inches taller and liked to play big man, he might be Nikola Jokic. Think about that. He is in, I have a statistic here about his performance last night that I just, it's amazing to me. He's just the fourth player, Gigi, in NBA history with more than 20 rebounds, more than 15 points, and more than 10 assists in a playoff game. And he joins two other people in that exclusive club. Oh, excuse me, three. Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Russell. That's the type of game seven that the Joker had. And now let's focus, though, back on the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Gigi, after this disappointing end to a season that really was championship robust, I I don't know what Paul George was talking about, but Kawhi (laughs) and Lou were both on the record saying that they did expect to win a championship. What do you think ultimately led to their downfall? And what do you see for this team moving forward to pick up the pieces? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone in the offseason last year, you know, you get Kawhi and the Clippers, you get Paul George, we're thinking the Clippers are going to win. I'm a huge Lakers fan. And I was even admitted, I'm like, all right, you got to chalk it up to them. They could put it together. That's a great one-two punch, Kawhi and Paul George. But I know, I remember hearing um, Janae Ogumike say this, that you need someone who Kawhi had on the Raptors last year who could turn on the energy for the team. And Kawhi's not going to be the guy for that. So you could get that in Lou Williams, you could get that in Pat Bev, but they just really were not bringing that. And I mean, really, like, no good guard coming down the floor, really minimal assists happening. Kawhi had, what, six assists, six rebounds, along with his 14 points. And you just need a playmaker. And I know maybe Kawhi wants to just be the one to make the shots, but it seemed like they really just lacked someone to bring the ball up to court and get the assist going. Yeah, and I mean, Lou had said it in his post-game press conference that a lot of it was about chemistry. But I mean, I don't really want to hear that at this point in the season. When you think about other teams, Doc's team, when he brought Ray Allen and Kevin Zarnett to the Celtics, that first year they were together, they won an NBA championship. Mm -hmm. When you think about the Heat, when they brought Chris Bosh and LeBron James to join Dwayne Wade and revamp that team, they at least made it to the NBA Finals. They lost to the Mavericks, but they made it there. So so you think about that. And then also when LeBron comes back to Cleveland and he adds adds Kyrie and he has Kevin Love, that team automatically is so – I don't really want to hear that. There are teams, when you have great talent surrounding a team, that team can put it together. It's just a matter of do you want to. And I think for some guys, maybe not everyone on that Clippers team was 100% invested. Like Lou said, before the bubble started, Lou had went on the record and said, hey, you know, maybe this isn't a good time for us to come back. So I don't know. As an, as an athlete yourself, do you feel like that might have been the case where guys, if you're not 100% into trying to win a championship – there's just no way that you're going to make it far, correct? 
Oh, I completely agree. You have to be 100% and you have to find things that could light the fire within you. And I mean, I think Kawhi definitely had the fire lit with him. He had a title to uphold and he just didn't figure it out. And I think something that I really noticed with the Nuggets, at least, is that they're playing with so much swag and their backs are to the wall. I remember Jokic, Jokic saying that he had no pressure on them. The pressure was on the Clippers. They came back already. Series was tied. And so there was no pressure. They were just going in and playing their game. And I think that with the Clippers, it might have been, of course, this season is unprecedented. They had a huge long break and it's a whole new team. And I remember it kind of reminded me, if you remember, LeBron brings on D-Wade, D-Rose, all these players onto the Cavs and they don't figure it out. <laughs> Exactly. You do just have overwhelming star power like that. And then you have to get your core people, but they have their core people, you know, like Marcus Morris, um, you have Paul George, Pat Bev, Montrezl, you expect big things out of these people along with Kawhi and they're just not showing it up. And maybe that fire just really wasn't lit, but I know they wanted it. Obviously Doc Rivers wanted to win another ship. Yeah. And when we talk about Doc Rivers and I think it has to be brought up, he has, what is it now? He has blown Three, three, mm-hmm. one leads in his career in 03 with the Magic against the Detroit Pistons. He did it with the Clippers against the Rockets team when Josh Smith just went off that one game. It was a game five. Ridiculous. And then again, just now, I think for Doc, his time might be up in L.A. I mean, next he won't. I'm not saying he's going to get fired after this season or in this offseason because it's going to be a quick turnaround from the end of this season to the start of next. But if the Clippers, if they can't get to at least the conference finals or maybe even just the NBA finals next season, I think we're really going to have to have a strong conversation of if Doc is the guy to lead him over the hump. Because at the end of the day, yeah, the Clippers are going to clip, as everyone likes to say, especially (laughs) Lakers fans. They love saying that. But at the end of the day, Doc has been there, what, seven, eight years now? So at some point it's, all right, if you can't be the one to lift us over that hurdle, that maybe somebody else has got to be the coach to bring these pieces together. Because as you mentioned, when you have guys like uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you bring in Marcus Morris, these, pe- these pieces are supposed to fit like a glove right. and just be seamless. That's what we all thought. But throughout the season, we just saw inconsistencies and we didn't see that chemistry come together. So for the Clippers, they'll have – some time to lick their wounds, but make no mistake, Paul George better get it through his head. Next season is just going to be like this season. It's going to be championship or bust, and there are going to be a lot of things at stake, especially with Kawhi and PG. They could opt out of their deals out of after next season. So that could be something to really monitor with the Clippers because, Gigi, if they don't get it done, if they can't just get past the second round next season, it could be a complete cleaning of house. I know, and I know Kawhi's your man, and I think that – just for the team moving moving forward, I think they could keep their pieces together and just try and figure it out for next season. They have all the elements, and they obviously just didn't click. You gotta have playoff P next year. You gotta have that. Uh, you have to have a store a score in Kawhi. And I think if they just approach it in a last dance kind of way, maybe the PG and Kawhi just have their time together one season, get a ship, and then move on. Or it works out and they end up keep playing together. But yeah, I know I was. I was thinking I was hoping for a Clippers-Lakers, and I know obviously not in Staples Center, but I thought it would be a great Western Conference final. Yeah, we all thought it was going to be the battle for L.A., but now let's transition over to the team that did advance 
Our conference finals is set. It will be the Los Angeles Clippers against the Denver Nuggets. So your Lakers, Gigi, will be looking to get back to the NBA finals since 2010, since the start of the decade. Last when win. they beat the Nuggets in the conference finals to win an NBA championship in Orlando, where they are for the bubble right now. So, Gigi, let's talk about these Nuggets. How much of a shot do you give them against your Los Angeles Lakers? Okay, and I know you said it before, they won two back-to-back series after coming back down 3-1. And I, I'm telling you, I see the swag when they're playing. I see the confidence. I see the scrappiness, which I think is so essential, especially this year in the bubble. It's such a different season. And I do like them. I like their chances. But I think LeBron is just hungry enough where he might come out strong. If he gets that first game one win, I don't know if he's going to stop. I mean, this is hard for me because on one end, I want the Denver Nuggets to really push the Lakers to six to seven games because if the Lakers dispatch this team in five games or if they sweep them, then that makes the Clippers look even worse for (laughs) them blowing that 3-1 series lead because if the Lakers make easy work of Jokic and Murray, then that says more about the Clippers to me. But, I mean, obviously you give the Nuggets credit. you you got to come back from 3-1 deficits. That's just not handed to you. You have to win three straight games. They've won six straight games at the end of the, their last two series. But I think this is the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers were playing their most inconsistent basketball at, at the worst possible time. And for the Lakers, they're playing their best basketball at the best possible time right now. They're hitting their stride. The defense looks absolutely incredible. They're swarming. They're recovering. They're helping. And then you have Anthony Davis, who when he wants to be Gigi, he's the most unguardable player in the league. There's nobody that can take him one-on-one. And then you got the straw that stirs the drink, LeBron James. I mean, he is that point forward. He does exactly what you need him to whenever you need. If you want him to score, he'll score. You need him to get a triple-double, he'll mess around and get that triple-double. You need him to get assists, he'll get assists. And now guys like Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, now we're calling him playoff Rondo because he's in that mode. Those guys are now starting to play well. So it just feels like the Lakers have now pretty much put themselves as the prohibitive favorite. Gigi, I just – as good as the Nuggets been and as great as the story as they have been, I hope they compete in this series, but it feels like the Lakers right now, aside from the Clippers, I just don't think between the Nuggets or potentially the Heat or the Celtics, I don't think there's a team left that can stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis right now. Let me tell you, that's the best thing I've ever heard you say. I love that sentence. I support that. And I actually want to ask you, because one of my biggest questions about this series, I'm so excited to see this play out the matchups, who's going to be guarding who, who's going to be on LeBron. And when you need maybe a Dwight Howard or JaVel McGee to come in, who, what other guards are you going to have on the perimeter who could support them and make sure that they could score and feed the ball to them? That's my biggest question moving forward. Yeah. And you think about those matchups, like Jokic, as good as he is, who did the Clippers have? They had Zubac. That's it. Trez was way too small and there was nobody else that, that could do any damage to Jokic. But now, you can throw JaVale on him. You can throw Dwight Howard at him. You can even throw Anthony Davis on him off switches. So there are bodies there. And then when you talk about Jamal Murray, I mean, you have Rondo, who's one of the best defensive guards when he's healthy. 
You don't have Avery Bradley, who in this series would have even been better to have that perimeter defender, but you still have Danny Green, you have KCP, and then LeBron James just, when he wants to, he guards whatever position he wants. So I think for the Lakers, this defense is really starting to find its groove at the right time. They, They can't do what the Clippers did and if they go up, you know, two games to one in a series or, or three games to one, they have to be able to put the final nail in Denver's coffin because I think if LeBron James knows anything, he knows not to underestimate his opponents. LeBron knows that. He has that IQ in him, that perspective. So I just can't imagine the Lakers letting the Nuggets off the hook. I, I think they'll be right on him from the start. Even though the Lakers have lost their last two game ones, they lost game one against the Blazers and also against the Rockets. I don't think that will be the same trend this time around. But for the Lakers, if they're hitting on all cylinders, this could be a quick series. I completely agree. I think the key is going to be having to start out with a big game one lead. LeBron's going to have to go zero dark, 23 mode, activated, you know. (laughs) And, yeah, I think he's definitely going to have to rely on, you know, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, people who could just make shots and make things happen. And then – have someone like AD or the centers in JaVale and Dwight Howard to stop Jokic because even just Jokic's passes coming up the court, ridiculous, lethal. And I know I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, and you look at it from from Coach Mike Malone's perspective, he's got to find a way. That pick and roll with Murray and Jokic was lethal against the Clippers, and he's got to find a, a way to implement that because he's got to get AD into foul trouble. He's got to get those bigs into foul trouble. And he's got to get guys like Rondo and Caruso into foul trouble. That's what Jokic and Murray were able to do to the Clippers and really slow down the pace. But not really slow it down because the Denver Nuggets like to run up and down. But they're very methodical about staying at their own pace. They don't go any faster than they should. And they won't slow down for anybody. But against the Lakers, I think matchups are everything. And when you think about that Lakers team and all the experience they have, guys who've been there before, guys who have gone deep into postseasons, who have gone, gotten to the finals multiple times, who have won championships. I think that plays a huge part as we get further into a postseason. So I think the Lakers ultimately have that advantage. And I would also think, you know, I just feel ever since the passing of Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, I just feel like Kobe's been watching over that Lakers team. And it just feels like it's meant to be, like even if the Clippers had made it, that the Lakers were still going to find a way. It just feels like the year for LeBron – to bring the Lakers back on the map and to continue cementing his legacy as one of the greatest players of all time. Right. And I know last year didn't even get to make it to the playoffs, which is a shame. I love to see playoff run. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And he's definitely been watching over. He, he knows the last time they won and it was definitely with him. And I'm sure that the Lakers want to see number 17 this year. And yeah, I think, like you said, they can't underestimate the Nuggets. I don't think anybody is going to do that again. And um, they're just going to have to pile through and be their best. Because at their best, they, they're unstoppable. Yeah, and game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers start this Friday, 9 p.m. TNT. Watch EJ, Chuck, Ernie, Shaq before then. You know how that goes. But playoff basketball is just, is just great. And now – we need to segue as much as I know you love talking about your Lakers and, and, you know, I love talking about them too, but we got to move over to the Eastern conference because last night, Gigi, we saw game one between the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics who people should remember. I called that both Toronto and Milwaukee were going down. 
So I'd like to say I was right about something, not about the Clippers, but I was right about the <laughs> you Eastern probably Conference. Had a lot of haters about that statement. Though. Oh yeah, I, I definitely. A lot of <laughs> Milwaukee fans coming after me, but you know they're home just like Giannis and them. So uh, yeah, let's go from there. So the Miami Heat, it was a great game, but some defensive stops, including a key one from Bam Adebayo on Jason Tatum late down the stretch there in overtime. Miami prevails. They win 117-114. Jimmy Butler has 20 points. Huge three down the stretch, which could have won the game, but a foul from an out-of-bounds play. Marcus Smart doing a little acting there on that flop job. They get the game time free throw. Go to overtime. Jason Tatum, 30 points, 14 rebounds. He continues to show out and emerge. Marcus Smart, 26 points. And Goran Dragic leads all scores. He had 29 for the Heat. So, Gigi, we were talking about this earlier. This is a hard series to judge just because both teams seem so evenly matched. What were your first impressions on game one? And where do you think, who are you leaning towards in this series over a seven-game period? Okay, and I know this is going to be the toughest series to try and predict. I really don't know if I'm leaning anywhere on this one because, honestly, I would love to see either team in the finals. Um, you know, obviously the Celtics have just such a great history. Of course, if it's a Celtics Lakers mashup, that's amazing too. Um, and you know, to have the heat back in the finals would be an amazing thing, especially for Jimmy Butler. I think it's, there's been so many great things about the season with him. And I feel like he's really clicked with the heat. Um, but yeah, I had that flop Marcus smart, smart, smart play. And I think that was a great thing about the Celtics is you could just see how well coached they are by Brad Stevens, how knowledgeable they all are. And, you know, they might not all have finals experience, but you have people who just out of pure basketball IQ, like Jay Crowder, I would say even is just a very smart player and defender. And then that block, oh my God, by Bam Adebayo on the Heat. That was amazing to see. And ridiculous. Opposite hand too, I'm pretty sure. Not his strong hand. And that ball looked like it was about to go in the rim, but he just, I, I don't know if he has the Winter Soldier arm from Marvel, because oh, yeah. I'm thinking my wrist would have broke. Oh, no, I'm broke. To think about that, he is he's risking getting dunked on and getting blessed at the end of a game. That would have been huge. That would have added to Jason Tatum's legacy. It, it would have been amazing. That would have just been another notch in Jason Tatum's belt to do that. But Bam puts himself out there. How many bigs are really willing to get in there when the lane is that wide open and go up for a contest. So, Bam, I mean, as Jimmy mentioned, he's the heart and soul of that team. And as, as you said it, this is, a, this is really an evenly matched series. I mean, Boston might have a bit more star power, but Miami plays just as well. They go a little bit deep, just like Boston does. And you talked about Coach Brad Stevens. Coach Eric Spolstra has been there before. He's won championships. He's been to finals before. He's been able to coach great players like LeBron, like a Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh, you go to guys like Mike Miller, Shane Battier. He knows what it takes, and he knows the type of players that he wants to make a championship run. And when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler, who arguably – I wanted him to go to the Clippers with Kawhi so badly. When oh, I heard that report that Kawhi was trying to recruit him and Jimmy said no, a part of me was disgusted, but a part of me respected it because I loved the fact that Jimmy wanted to do his own thing. And I went on one-on-one. And I'll be the first to eat crow. I said on one-on-one, I was posting, I said maybe Jimmy was worried about winning Domino's games down yeah. there in Little Havana other than winning regular basketball games. Boy, was I wrong. That Miami team was built to be in the postseason when they got back into the bubble. I saw a few games, and I was just like, this team can make a run. 
If they play at this potential, they can make a deep run and go to the NBA Finals. So now, what are we thinking, Gigi? I know Miami's up one nothing, but I know you're not counting Boston out. This oh. just feels like this feels like a series that's going to go seven games, right? Oh, completely. I would be so surprised if it's a sweep or six games. And I just think, yeah, you're so right. I think Jimmy Butler was made for this bubble. That whole Heat team was made for this bubble. You think about Jimmy Butler's story too, just coming from where he's come from and just making it to star power and finally finding coaches, a coach that works for him, players that work for him. And, but also the Celtics, man, I know we've seen them change a lot over the years but I love the young talent in Jason Tatum obviously Kemba Walker just so experienced and great and Jalen Brown I mean Marcus Smart everyone just putting it together and that's the thing is I think that they are a very evenly matched team you know I think they're both so well coached and I I would be I'd be happy to see the Celtics win the next one and then them just flip-flop after that maybe Heat win the third I'm conflicted with this series because, again, I picked Miami to make that run, and they've proven me right. I picked them. They've, they've done what they've had to do, but I love me some Jason Tatum. He plays with kind of that Kobe mentality. I, I love Kobe. You see a lot of his game in Jason Tatum, so it, it really is difficult for me to judge. I mean, I'm going to have to ride with the Heat just because I picked them, but, but I wouldn't be mad. I feel like any matchup should the Lakers – get uh get business done against the Nuggets either of those two finals you talk about him against the Celtics uh restoring that Lakers Celtics rivalry right. we fit we start the decade in 2010 with the Lakers Celtics final and then we end the decade with the Lakers Celtics final that'd be great or Miami I mean Miami a team that you know LeBron won championships with he was there going against his former team you know the storylines there too him against Jimmy Butler and I think if Jimmy were to get to the finals we are going to have a different conversation about him moving forward. So, I mean, it, there's just – listen, I'm just happy to have basketball back. It's September. We're supposed to have preseason basketball, Gigi. But, but to have basketball on now, I think it's just – it really just feels – it just feels right to have sports around, right? And basketball, we're down to the nitty-gritty, and we're going to have a finals matchup. And I think whatever finals matchup we get, it's going to be exciting. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. You know, I usually love June so much because that's usually when the playoffs are happening. But now it's pushed back, maybe going into October too. And I think it's great. It's so different. And I think that they're doing such amazing things with the bubble too, finding a way to keep all players safe. I know Jason Tatum, heartwarming story, Deuce, his son visiting him. And I just think that's so adorable, the things that – um, you know, they're doing to get their family there. But I heard too that Jimmy Butler didn't want any family or friends to visit him. He was here for business. And I think that's something to take into consideration when thinking about predictions for them. But yeah, I know we'll see. I definitely think it's just either way, it's so exciting to have basketball back. And I'm happy they could figure something out to keep people safe. And Gigi, before we wrap it up here on Pick and Pod, uh, my producer Thomas Aiello letting me know that the MB all NBA first, second, and third teams just dropped. So I want to get your reaction. The NBA first team, we have Giannis, AD, Luka, James Harden, and LeBron James, all NBA first team. So Kawhi, he's not on there. We don't see a guy like Jokic get on. But, I mean, not really many complaints with that. I mean, when you think about Giannis, AD, Luka, James, James Harden, and LeBron, 
I mean, that's pretty solid. I think a lot of people would argue James Harden maybe, but I mean, he just puts up so many points and, and he makes up a lot of what the Rockets do that he deservedly should be up there. And let me move over to now the second team, your second team, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard. How about Chris Paul from what he's done with Oklahoma City? He gets the second team nod and then Pascal Siakam rounds out the second team, Gigi. So how about Chris Paul getting those on? Wow. Wow, you know, I'm not surprised by that. I like I like him in the second team. He definitely was doing great things for OKC, and I know they couldn't figure it out for the playoffs, but I'm, I like that. And, I mean, the first team's definitely – it's definitely um, strange not to see the, you know, Jokic in there now, but they really turned it off and turned it on in the playoffs. So, yeah, not surprised. Yeah, and rounding it out, the All-NBA third team, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz, Ben Simmons from the Sixers, Jason Tatum from the Celtics and Russell Westbrook makes third team all NBA. So I can't say I have too many complaints. I think the problem is, is a lot of people would like a prototypical center in the first team. You know, you want to go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward center. But I think a lot of times the NBA now is a position in this league. A lot of guys play multiple positions. So I don't mind this because I mean, when you think about that, Giannis, AD, Luca, Harden, LeBron, I mean, do you have any complaints with that first team? I don't think I do. I don't think you could complain with that one, especially with Luca. You know, he was really putting stuff together for the Mavs this year. Um, but I like Gobert in the third team. I'm happy he made one. He definitely was um, an anchor, you know, for the Jazz this year. And I think he deserved to be up there. Yeah, and I, I would say I know Pascal Siakam had a bad postseason. I think he only averaged about 15 or 16 points this postseason. But, I mean, for what he did in the regular season, for that Toronto team bouncing back without Kawhi, I think deservedly so. He had a great season to earn second team. And Chris Paul, I mean, I thought Oklahoma City was going to go straight to the lottery and they were going to rebuild and Chris Paul was going to get traded again. But they make it to the postseason. They push the Rockets to seven games. So Chris Paul, very much well-deserved. Those are your three All-NBA teams. And Gigi, that will do it for us here on this week episode 12 your first pick and pod podcast what do you think so far give us a prediction what's going to happen game one lakers nuggets is it going to be a lakers win i think it's going to be a lakers win i think we can look forward to that one all right well gg was a pleasure having you on i'm andrew posadas for gg spear and our producer thomas aiello this was the pick and pod podcast Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports. See you later.